0: Brought to you by Empire Fence and Netting on 93.7 The Ticket and TheTicketFM.com. Welcome in. Happy Monday. This is the happy hour. 93.7 The Ticket the TheTicketFM.com. Nick Sandert and Enrique Alvarez. Clary, with you. Rico, what's up?
2: Hiller. How was your weekend? fantastic shout out to orchard days oh that's right in the village in the village of orchard
0: you went out to the village of orchard it's awesome not big enough to be a town so it's a village it's great. that's right uh as always 402-464-5685 the honda Ligan lincoln hotline the starter hayman text line both those open for you guys the entire show today plenty of stuff to get to um we, we're gonna kind of Quick hit on everything. Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska and Rivals will join us at 2.30 to kind of recap what he saw this morning. In the first segment here, we're going to talk about a couple things. Ashley Williams decommits from Nebraska, um, looking towards he's going to be an Auburn lean, visited Auburn over the weekend. Um, How does Nebraska's outside linebacker situation look now that he is no longer part of the fold? We'll kind of dive into that. But then also the bigger story, we got to see practice today. We got to see... 20 to 30, it was closer to 30, honestly. Seemed like you guys were there uh, yeah, for a about, while. Yeah, about 30 minutes of practice today, which was, I mean,
2: more than normal. So I, I, we're, we're appreciative there. You saw more than just stretching and warming up, which exactly. is, is is what everybody was getting the past couple of years. So being actually able to stay there and watch some of the drills and get to see some of the players go through some of the movements that they will be making on Saturdays. Mm-hmm. um, Probably extremely helpful for a lot of the people that were there. Yeah. I know it's extremely. I, I really enjoyed looking at all the videos uh, on Twitter. Some from you, some from everyone. Uh, it was yeah. great. A lot of a lot of quarterback talk uh, on social media.
0: Yeah, and, and and we'll ask Steve about his thoughts. Um, but kind of the. The overall thoughts on Nebraska's quarterback situation right now after we saw him, and, and granted, like, everything that we say, once again, take it with a grain of salt because we only got to see 30 minutes, um, which is more than normal, but of also... Of one practice. Yeah, of one practice, of the fifth fall practice. So it's like, under, I, I understand as someone that's that's talking about it, understand that you have to take it with a grain of salt, but also, um, and that's one thing I'll ask Steve, is, is how much do we read into what we saw today? All of it. Um, something that we can take away is that Casey Thompson was the first quarterback up, then it went in this order. Chuba, Logan Smothers, Heinrich Harburg. Um, another thing I will mention, and, and once again, 402-464-5685, the Honda Looking Hotline, the sartre Heyman text line, as well as the uh, sartre Heyman Jewelers video stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. We are 26 days away from kickoff, and... Not that we're expecting him to even be in competition for the starting job, but I will say this in terms of future quarterbacks for Nebraska. Richie Torres is big.
2: is it Richie or is it richard
0: i've heard i've more i've heard it more Richie does he want to go by Richie? I think so.
2: i think he's i think I he's good a, with Richie. I need an official confirmation from the man himself
0: so we'll we'll go with Richard because that's how it's list- Look, that's, listed on the roster. That's
2: what it went through through the entire recruiting process and that's what it is on the roster. Okay. But I've seen as as you were saying, Richie. Everybody that was talking about him today on social media put Richie Torres. Yeah, I've
0: seen a lot of Richie.
2: I'm very confused. So maybe okay, I just so, want to get names right.
0: So maybe we'll stick with Richard. Don't that way we don't cross lines. Okay.
2: Or we just say Torres. Torres. All right. There's only the he's the, the only guy, Torres on the roster. That is true.
0: Um he is actually Pretty, he, he's talented. And, and once again, in terms of just arm talent. Obviously, as, as Husker fans know, you can have all the talent in the world, but if you can't read the defense and you can't get right up in the in the head, then it doesn't really matter, right? A, a lot of the mentality part, that's where Nebraska's struggled in years past, especially at the quarterback position. Mm-hmm. But I, I will also say this. There, there were throws that Chubb Purdy made that didn't look as good as Logan Smothers. Um, Logan Smothers made some really nice throws today, but once again, I'm not saying that Logan Smothers should automatically be the second quarterback on the roster on the death chart because of 30 minutes that we saw today.
2: Everything that you're saying is from your perspective. This is not you trying to make... You know, please to, to put one exactly. person over the other. This yeah. is just what you saw and what you took away from practice. It, I was not at practice. I cannot say. I can say what I saw the videos. Yeah, and another uh, and thing. And I saw one throw from Logan Smothers and I loved it. Yeah, it was great. And I'm all in. It was Logan great. Smothers, to, let's go. To Cooper Jewett. Um, Shout out to Cooper. It
0: was, it was one where they, and it's on my twa- Twitter. Twatter, Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> um, if you want to see any of the videos, that I tried to post as many as I could, um, was still gaining some actual just. Vision of, of what's going on. You did a good job, but anyway, th- they decided to um, you decide, or they decided to start motioning guys out into the flat, and it, then they started just taking kind of a, a route up the up the near sideline to where I was at, and they it was about a thirty thirty five yard pass or whatever. And Logan Smothers put it on a dime. Casey Thompson made a good throw, um, and, and things like that. Mickey Joseph was not happy with today's performance as well. He spoke to the media and. There were a lot of uh, discussions on leadership in that room and who is the guy that's kind of taking their role by storm and leading that room, and we kind of got some insight that in reality, nobody. And if anybody's the most consistent, then it's Mickey Joseph. And, and I know Rico's got that clip, so we'll go ahead and play that here in a second on uh, who's, who's the most consistent in that room right now, 26 days out from fall camp.
1: Me. Me, I've been the most consistent. Not them, because they're gonna make mistakes. You know, they're gonna make mistakes. Like I said, I asked them to stack days. We didn't stack a day today. They didn't. We didn't stack a day today. We we got our we got our butts whooped today by the DBs. You know, and um and, and we can't have that. We got to stack days.
0: What? Why didn't they stack a day? Here's what Mickey
1: Joseph had to say. They just took it on the chin today. And I, and that's what, yeah, that's not, everything. not everything. They just took it on the chin. Yeah, when things are going like I told you, when things are not going your way, now you got to settle yourself down and depend on your your technique. But you still got to have that chip on your shoulder, like, "Hey, I'm going to get this thing done," you know.
0: Sounds like accountability. Like if you listen to anything that Mickey Joseph says today, and anything that he said in the in the recent you know conversations that we've been able to have with him, it's accountability. And a lot of the discussion today was how have those guys in that room responded to him being hard on them? Like, be, because they, they're not used to this. They're not used to a coach coming in and being like, listen, if if you're not ready to play, I'm not going to play you. Like, he he went through and talked about how he will have six guys ready for Saturday. And if you're not one of those six guys, then it is what it is. And, and you did that to yourself because everybody's going to have an opportunity. Somebody uh, specifically asked Coach Joseph about Bonner, Janirian Bonner, and he said, listen, despite them being a freshman, they're going to have an opportunity to play.
2: Somebody asked him about how the guys have responded to his coaching style, go. and that's actually right here.
1: They understand it. They understand what I what, – what, you know, my thing is I, I, I rule it with an iron fist, and they understand that, and I think they accept that. You know, I'm, I'm never going to be soft on them. I'm never going to, you know, cater to them. I'm never going to tell them what they want to hear. I'm always going to tell them the truth, but I'm going to demand that they, they play for excellence – that's what they reach. They're trying to reach excellence, and that's that's how that's how you win. That's how you win. That's winning football when you can when you can stack days and put it together every day, because then Saturday becomes easy. But if you lose in practice and lose losing practice and lose losing practice, you're gonna lose on Saturday. And I watch all of that. We watch all of that. We you know Scott. That's what we watch. We gotta watch that.
2: Two things that I took away from that is the commitment to excellence that mm-hmm. Mickey Joseph has, and the the want to the need to to practice the way that you're going to play on Saturdays. And the second thing is, is something that you hear a lot of former players say a lot of, especially a lot of guys from the nineties is practice was so hard that Saturdays were the easy part of the week for them, and that, that that's what Mickey said. He's like, you know, you want to practice so hard, you want to you want to stack these days and and be excellent in practice so that when it comes to Saturday, Saturday's easy. You go through Saturday and it's just like, oh, yeah, I've, I already know how to do this. I know how to read this defense. I know how to do this part because we've worked on this, you know, week in and week out, day in and day out. I know exactly what I'm going to do.
0: Am I wrong in thinking that maybe Mickey Joseph's words carry even more weight than any other coach that could have come in here? Number one, because of, of him being a former player, but number two, I mean, we've we've talked about it extensively before. But you go back to that 2019 LSU team that he was a part of, and you would have to think, right, that practices were harder than games on Saturdays for for that LSU team with with Jamar Chase and Terrace Marshall and. Uh, Thaddeus Moss. Oh, I understand Thaddeus Moss was a tight end at Justin the time. Jefferson. Justin Jefferson was the third receiver that I was thinking
2: about. The amount of success that he had at LSU, like, and the same with the with the defensive back. Exactly, at Grant LSU. Delpit.
0: You had uh, I, I, there's there, You can go down the list of when Mickey Joseph was there, and that's it's DBU mm-hmm. right. And you LSU. heard Trey
2: Palmer talk about it. Well, we heard Trey Palmer talk about it when they were asking about uh, on that evening with the Huskers. They asked about you know going through practice and who's the. Hardest person you had to face in, in the in the old conference that you were in. Exactly. And he said that it was one of his former teammates. One of one of the guys, one of the corners that I cannot remember his name right now, but he was like the fifth overall pick in this draft. This last draft. Was it Delpit? No, it wasn't Delpit. It was the guy who was, who was like a freshman. Yeah, yeah, he was the, an All-American he his freshman year. And then or he, he sat out. He wasn't quite the same. Like they were saying, if he would have came out that year, he would have probably been the first corner off the board. He's, I think he was the second corner That's off the gonna board. That's going to bother me. I, I need uh, to see yeah, it. Yeah, look it up. But. It probably wasn't the fifth overall, but he was one of the top, I know. I knew exactly top corners taken. Derek Stingley, yep, Derek Stingley, third uh, overall to the Texans. Trey Palmer said that he was the hardest person he faced in the SEC, mm-hmm. uh, and he's like practices were practices were hell. Like me and him going at it, we would go at it all the time, and he made me better. That's that's what you want here at Nebraska right now is the corners and the wide receivers and the safeties, you know, going at each other and making each other better. And and as Mickey said today, they kind of got hit mm-hmm. on the chin today. The defensive the defensive side of the ball won during this this version of practice.
0: Yeah, and and once again, 30 minutes of practice or whatever. um, Guys dropped a couple passes that that they should have had, a couple passes out in the flats that that guys should have caught that were well-thrown footballs, just went through the hands of some running backs and things like that. Um, But once again, small sample size there. The other group that I kind of stuck around with on that side of the field was the offensive line because we've had conversations, plenty of them, of the offensive line and, and how they didn't replenish or didn't add to the fold other than Hunter Anthony the transfer from Oklahoma State and Kevin Williams Jr as well but Northern when you look Colorado. at yes when you look at this offensive line like you guys have texted in once again 402 464 5685 you guys have texted in over the last couple weeks saying listen like I feel good about the skill positions I feel good about quarterbacks I feel good about defense but it doesn't matter if you can't get a consistent running game, and the best way to get a consistent running game is to have a powerful offensive line. like You guys have said that a lot, and it's actually valid. So that's where it's like I was immediately attracted to the offensive line right off the bat. And actually, so UNL student Cole, I remember him calling in. He he says, take his head off with a lot of exclamation points. (laughs) Donovan Riola with the quote of the day. um, And I got lucky to be able to be videotaping right as he said that. Um, you guys can check go over my Twitter Nick underscore Sander, if you want to watch that video of Bryce Benhart. But they You're were mid season form. Th- that's true, thank you. <laughs> but anyway, um, I remember Cole called in a couple couple days ago, or a couple weeks ago, and was like, "Listen, I just don't know if I like the Donovan Raiola hire," and, and it's completely valid and, and it's understandable because it's a guy that played his college football at Wisconsin and then was the assistant uh, assistant offensive line coach at the Bears. And then you somehow, some way get a job at Nebraska, and it was one of those hires that at the time it was like, all right, this has to be a fit hire rather than a glamour, glamorous hire, right? Where it's it's not going to be super sexy. Um, obviously, the Ryola name carries a little bit of weight around Nebraska, but it wasn't going to be a super sexy hire. But if he's the right fit, then it gets the job done, and then we're all happy. So I was immediately attracted to the offensive line this morning when I was at practice. And and I will say, like, they they look like they have a, a little bit more of a tenacity. Um, we've heard the offensive linemen say that Coach riola is loud, and mm-hmm. I can second that right off the bat. Um you heard Donovan riola's voice, and, and it was not just because I was fifteen yards away from him, but it was it, it, it rang throughout the Hawks Championship Center today. So um it, i I was pleasantly surprised by the offensive line. Now what's interesting is Mark Whipple said after practice today that they're still shuffling guys around in that offensive line. Um, so I, I, I guess if you want to read into that a little bit, then you don't pencil in Teddy Prochaska at left tackle and don't pencil in Turner Corcoran at a guard position. Like,
2: But they were both at practice They today, were, But that's is, the positive. Which is, which is a big positive, and that's exactly. promising. Teddy Prochaska at practice, he did have a knee brace on and some tape. Turner Corcoran also at practice. So two of your starters from the offensive line last mm-hmm. year, uh, Turner Corcoran, uh, Teddy Poroska for a game and a half, a game and a quarter, however long he played. Played the Northwestern game and part of the Michigan game. Um, And then Turner Corcoran started all season. Two of your starters from last season back at practice um, after injuries in the summer caused them to sit down, sit out. Um, But it's great to have a full offensive line room and have everybody kind of going up against each other and and making each other better. And as Donovan Raiola said, when he first got here, they're not going to move bags. They're going to move people. Yeah, they're moving bodies. They, that's what that they did. Exactly what they were doing. And,
0: and somebody replied on my tweet, and I'm sure they're not listening right now. But somebody replied on my tweet saying that the, the dummies behind, that they were working on um, need better dummy play. Not at all realistic, and that matters. That's what somebody replied to my tweet about. I, I was like, it, I, they weren't. They were trying. Like, obviously, they're not going full gl- full blow uh, against the offensive line. But they were not just letting them drive them back, and and I maybe you can maybe you can't see that on on the video that I took, but when you saw rep after rep, they were absorbing the blow and not trying. They were they were trying to
2: pads popping was last. Yes,
0: exactly. Like it was not just a dummy play to where the, the the guy on the defense who was going against the offensive lineman was just letting them drive them back. That that, that was not the case. So that's where it was a little more encouragement as well. Because you know it's competitive in practice, and so um, a couple of the guys that were really out there for for the bulk of that those drills were obviously you had Teddy, you had Turner, you had I saw Kevin Williams Jr. and then I also saw Brock Bando and Bryce Benhart. So those were the five guys that I really watched um, extensively, and read into that what you will because they were shifting around and and working it both you know sides and everything like that
2: you were but, you were the one that said Bryce Benhart was pulling players aside. Yes, yeah, so
0: I was just going to say that story. So Alex Kahn was going was was going in the drill and he got yelled at by Donovan Rayola because he wasn't up enough like in his pads and he's like, and Donovan's like take go right at his chin, right at his chin. And he's yelling that obviously. And before before he, Alex Kahn could get back to talk to coach Rayola, Bryce Benhart goes, "Akon, come over here." And that was it. They talked for 30 seconds and then that there was no other problem. So you talk about guys maybe taking a leadership role. Maybe Bryce Benhart's that kind of guy because Bryce was the one that was standing off to the side with Alex Kahn who has not seen the field yet in his career mm-hmm.
2: and making sure that he knew what he needed to change. For the amount of crap that Bryce Benhart gets, that is, that is a welcome sight and that is a good thing to hear is that he's still you know in their trying to take a leadership role or taking a leadership role and trying to help hold these players accountable, holding his his other offensive line teammates accountable for mm-hmm. what they're doing and making sure that they're getting in good reps and they're getting in good work. Um, but like I said, for the amount of crap that he's been getting for the amount of time that he's been here, that he's been starting two years. In all honesty, Rico, he's kind of struggled. He has struggled, but the but like he knows he's struggled. Everybody else has seen him exactly, struggle. Exactly, yeah. But the fact that he's still here, and he's mm-hmm. still working, and he's still, you know, talking to players, and they're listening to him. Yeah, is is a welcome sight. Yeah,
0: the, 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 the respect. Um, and Bill and Bennett says this, and I think it's a really interesting point. Holding players accountable is what has been lacking from past teams. I think with NIL becoming a factor now, it will be harder for coaches to keep control of players with NIL deals. Now, however, like I, I think that Coach Greg Austin, I, I don't question his ability to hold players accountable. Or maybe at other positions, maybe that was the case. Um, I, I'm not going to speculate on that. But spe- specifically saying, with sticking with the offensive line, I, I think it's more important just as much as every other position that you have players that hold guys accountable. Mickey Joseph said it extensively a couple times today where a, he's he's going to be there during practice, but once, once Saturdays come around, he, he's not going to be there. He's not going to be out there. Being able to make adjustments on the fly and help out guys on the field, like he he just can't. And and the coach shouldn't have to worry about that. The coach's job is to get them ready to play on Saturdays, and the players need to be ready to play on Saturdays. Like there there's a there's a there's a two way road here, um where where they both need to, uh, you know hold up their end of the bargain I suppose. Uh, Mask texter says this: Raiola will be the most underrated hire in the Big Ten this season. I I don't know if you want to go that far, but I will say this. I think you should feel better about the hire than maybe you did three weeks ago. Um, Now, once again, we'll get to see practice on August 10th again. That'll be the second and uh, final time that the media will be able to go in and watch 30 minutes of practice or so. And we'll see. We'll we'll get you... We'll talk about our our reactions to that. Maybe we'll have a better day from the wide receivers. Maybe we'll have a better day from Chubba Purdy. And and you never know what's going to happen. Maybe we'll have a worse day for Logan Smothers. And it's going to be also interesting to see Remember, I said at the start of this, it was Thompson, Chuba, Smothers, Smothers, Harburg, in the top four, or, or taking reps in that order today. And maybe by August tenth, you have a different order. I, I, I will, we'll have to let you know. And those are the things that will be kind of maybe on Torres the, sneaks his way maybe to the top four. Richard Torres, you how about never that? Never know. That was that was a pleasant surprise. Uh, like you walked out there. And one quarterback kind of stood over everybody, height wise, mm-hmm. size wise, and it was Richard Torres.
2: Did he stand out? You know, was he the guy that He has that, an like, arm. He, 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 would, he has an arm. Out of all the quarterbacks, was he like catching your eye? Like, I, I'm not exactly no, sure how to no, explain it. No, no, no. It, like. I,
0: I wouldn't say that. Like, obviously, you're automatically drawn to Casey because the profile and things like that. Casey was probably one of the smaller ones in that bunch, but um, you stood there and you watched. Richard Torres and and he didn't look like a freshman necessarily. Like yeah, he he overthrew a couple guys, um, just freshman mistakes, obviously, mm-hmm. but um, it, it was size wise, Richard Torres out. looks the part. Okay, looks like a, a quarterback. So, uh, um, that was that was a pleasant sight that I was not expecting to see going into that one. All right, let's go ahead and take a break. When we come back, we'll have Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska. We'll get his thoughts from the practice from the presser and just kind of how he's feeling about specific groups going into Husker football season as we are full go into fall camp as well. We'll also talk about a little bit of Ashley Williams. He decommitted from Nebraska, probably heading to Auburn after taking a visit to um, Auburn over the weekend. So we'll get all of Steve's thoughts coming up in a couple minutes. You're listening to The Happy Hour on 93.7 The Ticket. Follow Nick and Enrique on Twitter at Nick underscore Saynard and at Radio Rico AC. More of Happy Hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and com. The share it with a
2: friend deal. Even if that friend
1: is yourself. Your McDonald's, your rules. Live your best morning with BOGO Breakfast Sandwiches only on the McDonald's app. Now buy one bacon, egg, and cheese McGriddles or sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and get a second one free. Valid for item of equal or lesser value. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid one per day. Excludes one two, $3 dollar menu. Visit McDonald's app for details. Download and registration required.
2: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.